0: As we continue our message series looking at different angles of God's mercy, today we're going to talk about God's mercy whenever we face temptation. The words that we're going to dive into are from Paul in 1 Corinthians 10. Paul is writing to a church that is sort of like Las Vegas. There is sexual immorality, there are divisions, There's jealousy, there's strife, there is Christians suing other Christians in court, there are Christians getting drunk at the Lord's Supper and misusing it, there are Christians who are doubting the resurrection of Jesus Christ, and so the church there that Paul planted is a mess, and Satan is trying again and again to flatten it. And so one of the areas that Paul is going to teach them and us about is this thing we call temptation. Would you look at these words that he writes near the end of chapter 10? Paul warns, let the one who thinks he is standing firm beware, lest he fall. No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond your ability, but with the temptation, he will also make the way of escape, so that you may be able to endure. I would define temptation as this. Temptation is anything, anything that entices you, that lures you, that tries to lead you astray from God's word and way. So temptation can come in the avenue of a thought. Temptation can come by a word to speak. Or temptation can also come by an action, a deed, a a choice or decision or a behavior anything that wants to lure you away from god's revealed will in holy scripture and so paul in these first couple verses here that we're going to look at really unpacks three characteristics about temptation So that we have this greater awareness, this greater understanding to be on guard against it. The first characteristic of temptation in verse 12 is that temptation is persistent. That it is continuous. It is all around us at all times every day. Look at what Paul says again in verse 12. Let the one who thinks he is standing firm beware lest he fall. In other words, temptation is so persistent around all of us all the time that Paul is essentially saying to us, don't let your guard down. It reminds me of a Texan I read about. His name is Jeremy Sutcliffe. And one morning when he went out to his garden, lo and behold, he noticed it had a rattlesnake in it. Well, he quickly went and got a shovel and in one quick swipe managed to completely sever the serpent's head. Jeremy then went and grabbed the body and, went and took it away to dispose of it. But when Jeremy then went back to dispose of the serpent's head, he reached down to grab it, and the rattlesnake clamped onto his hand and injected him with a large amount of venom. It was so severe that Jeremy had to be airlifted to a Texas hospital, and doctors had to give him 26 doses of antivenom. And it took them over a week with lower kidney function and just a mess health-wise to even begin to stabilize him. And then Dr. Leslie Boyer of the University of Arizona Viper Institute said that snakes, even when they are dead, can still have the bite reflex several hours later. So even around snakes, dead ones, don't let down your guard. It's the same warning we have from Paul this morning. Temptation is so persistent, Don't let down your guard. Let the one who thinks he is standing firm, I've got this, no big deal, I'm in control. Besides, it's just a little. Let the one who thinks he is standing firm beware, lest he fall. The reason why temptation is so persistent is because the tempter is so persistent. And Martin Luther says several times, if Satan cannot hit you in one spot, he will continue to encircle about you until he can find his spot. Paul continues in verse 13 with another characteristic about temptation. He says, and no temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. In other words, the second characteristic is that it's prevalent. Temptation is so prevalent, it's the first and longest lingering pandemic this world has ever been in so prevalent that Paul says there is not one man or woman, girl or boy who has not had the same temptations you face before you, and there is no man, woman, girl or boy after you who will not face a temptation that has not already been before. One company surveyed Americans what their top temptations were, And these were the answers of how prevalent it was. Two of them tied for first. Most Americans admitting struggling with the temptation of worry, being filled with anxiety, being up at night with something on your heart or mind. Also tied for first was the temptation to put stuff off, right? Procrastinate. Right? Are you one who kind of asked, you know, salty or sweet? Are you one who gets a project or paper done the day before? <laughs> or a week or two before? Next biggest temptation was eating too much. Spending too much time on media. <laughs> March Madness, can't help it. All right? Being lazy, spending money that we don't have. Gossiping about others, being envious or jealous of others. The next one on the list that I didn't have room for was struggling with lust and porn. I think if we retook this survey again today, I don't think it has changed that much. It's so prevalent. Paul says there is no new temptation under the sun No temptation others before us haven't faced that we face, or the same with those who will come after us. But you know what? Jesus knows. Because Jesus came and stepped into our humanity fully, we're told in Hebrews chapter 4 that Jesus was tempted in every single way that we are. He knows, he understands, he knows the onslaught of the artillery of hell, the constant bombardment to lure and entice us away from God's better and holy word and ways. But yet, before we move on, there's one more characteristic of temptation that we have to give attention to from verse 13. Notice Paul says, no temptation has overtaken you. Meaning temptation is also very, very powerful. Reminds me of an episode I watched a couple of weeks ago on TV. It's from Nat Geo. It's called Something Bit Me. And this one episode highlighted a group of campers Uh, In very northeastern Canada in a national park, a very remote area, no people for hundreds of miles around. And, And one night while these campers were in their tents, a very large polar bear went up to one man's tent went right through the top of his tent, grabbed this camper by the head, ripped him out of his sleeping bag, straight up in the air so his feet were dangling, and then dragged him off into a ravine. That's power. And that's exactly what Paul is saying here. Temptation has that kind of power that at any time, any day, it can sink its jaws into your heart and mind and completely lift us off our feet and drag us into a ravine of sin and destruction. It's very powerful stuff. And yet with this persistence and prevalence and, and power to to lure us from god's word in ways that is bombarding us every minute of every day there's an even bigger phrase in our passage there's a bigger phrase that is a flashing neon light that in the midst of every single temptation that we face paul wants us to know that we have a god who is faithful God is faithful, and in his faithful mercy, he came down in his Son, Jesus Christ. That's what the season of Lent is all about, the God who came to stand in our shoes. And that verse in Hebrews 4 continues, Jesus was tempted in every way that we are, but he did not sin. He remained faithful for us. And then even for all those times we fail and we succumb to temptation, Jesus also then went to a cross to completely pay for it. God in His faithfulness provided the perfect obedience that we need and then the perfect sacrifice to bring us back. And three days later, Jesus rose in victory, and it's from his victory that God continues to fight for us in temptation. But God wasn't just faithful then in Jesus Christ. Paul continues, verse 13, by two things God continues to do today In his faithfulness, every time we're tempted, God is so faithful that Paul says, He will not let you, He will not let me be tempted beyond our ability. That means that even over the worst repeated temptation, God is sovereign. He is in control. He can set limits. He can put a boundary around it, just as he put around his servant Job. And he not only will keep us from being tempted beyond our ability, but look at the last phrase in verse 13. With that temptation, God in his faithfulness will also give you and me a way of escape. An escape route so that we can endure under it. A couple weeks ago, I had a Christian friend who was caught off guard in a temptation, and it was a very extreme temptation, and this person was in a very big moment of weakness. But in that moment of weakness, God provided another Christian friend, and that another other Christian friend came to be and sit with this person who was being fiercely tempted. And that person listened and offered encouragement and support and stayed with this individual for over an hour until the eye of the storm of that temptation had passed and that Christian was able to endure under it. God is faithful. And He says He will do the same for you. And he will do the same for me. Not the God who's just faithful then. But the God who continues to be faithful each and every day in our walk with him. You are always loved. And don't ever let Satan lead you to think that just choosing the sin of the temptation... Is your only way out not at all God is with you and in his faithfulness he might give you a holy thought a holy distraction a holy helper or friend to come with you in the midst of your temptation to help you endure under it and we have the ultimate promise that on the last day when Jesus comes back, he is going to give us the eternal way of escape. No more temptations ever again. And so we pray those words that Jesus taught us to pray. Father, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. And he is faithful when we are faithless and he will do it. Amen.